Joanna mentioned in that lovely thing she said when she lit a candle a few minutes ago, we had the memorial service here yesterday for longtime church member Diane Brogfest. And after the service, a couple of different people came up to me independently, and each of them said some version of this. They said something like, I could use a church like this. We had just given Diane a good send-off, and from what people shared in that service, it was clear that she had found a spiritual home here that this church was a place that invited Diane to bring her whole self, that it had been a place of healing and growth for her, had changed her life for the better, had helped make her into a spiritual leader who then helped others to find their own healing and liberation as well. Some of you know this, Diane was one of our evangelists, probably one of our very few evangelists. She brought people here, and she told other people about this congregation and said, you ought to come. Some of you, she did this for you. You, Some of you, this is why you are here. I know that to be true because she wanted others to discover the liberation and the community that she had found. This doesn't mean that she was always pleased with what happened here and that she didn't have a complaint every now and then, (laughs) which of course she felt compelled to share. And as Claire so love beautifully said yesterday, that was good for us too, to hear that truth, according to Diane. I was so heartened that those people sought me out after the service and spoke of their longing to find a spiritual home because it confirms for me my hunch and my hope in these days, that there are people still who are hungry for a free faith, who are looking for and longing for a place where they don't have to fit into a particular belief system or theology, where they can bring their doubts as well as their beliefs where they can find companions who will accept them just as they are, a place that feels safe enough that they can then take the risk of stretching and growing. And if you know somebody who might need a church like that, a church like this one, then I ask you, will you invite them to come? Maybe you'll bring them with you someday. I hope you won't be shy about this. 
Think about what a gift it could be to them. What a possible change it might make in their life to find a community. The way this church changed Diane and then the ways she changed and blessed us. One of my spiritual heroes is Kathleen Norris, who we just heard from her book, Amazing Grace. Because of how she writes about coming back to church after having wandered away, coming back not as going back in time to the old days, but rather coming back and reinterpreting and recovering and redeeming what she thought had been lost to her as a contemporary thinking person. Her writing resonates with me because it feels similar to my own story, and I suspect to some of yours. I grew up in the church. When I was a kid, we had no choice about whether we were going to go. It was what we did, and mostly I loved it. So much so that when I was out cutting our grass on Sunday mornings, oftentimes I would entertain myself by singing hymns. Maybe an early sign of where I was going to end up. But as I grew up, I started to question things. My childlike faith didn't make as much sense once I became an adult. Too many aspects of the tradition seemed, at face value, impossible to believe. I didn't know what to do with my doubts, and I didn't feel any invitation to express them in church. So I gradually wandered away. But then, one day, I followed my wife to a Unitarian Universalist church, and I felt this new invitation to make my own search for truth and meaning, to explore what those words, some of which had become stumbling blocks, to discover what they could mean to me, words like God, faith, spirit, Christian. This search eventually led me off to seminary, a place I never planned to go. And there, I discovered deeper and less literal ways of entering into these mysteries. In the classroom there, in the lunchroom, in the chapel, my head and my heart kept getting stretched, opened wider by new learnings and new understandings and new experiences. And that deepening has only continued here with you. I wonder if you know that you do this by being my companions and that you are also my teachers. My faith has been enlarged and enriched by getting to travel this way with you. And I hope this is your experience, too. I do wonder how many of you have a similar story of leaving a tradition that no longer seemed to fit, 
feeling compelled to seek out a new faith or a deeper way of being. The book of Hebrews describes our religious ancestors as people who confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. How many of us here feel like we have been wandering in the wilderness and we're simply looking for some place that we can call home? I love that in a time when more and more people are heading away from organized religion, Kathleen Norris writes about her return to faith. She's not trying to convince anyone. She's not trying to tell you that you ought to go to church. Rather, her writing is like a traveler's guide, an exploration of the religious landscape these days. She writes like someone who's entered a foreign land and is trying to learn the language and find her way around. And it's compelling reading for someone like me who understands why people are leaving the church. I get that. But still, I feel a longing for connection and community that I don't know where else to find it. And I sense there are others who are searching too. Kathleen Norris seems to believe that one of the reasons we modern people have trouble with religion is that we think too much. But she's not a know-nothing. She's actually quite a scholar. But she's saying that if we allow our heads to be the only thing that's in charge, if we don't give as much attention to our hearts and our bodies and what they are trying to tell us, then we are going to be impoverished. She's not saying that we should give up our minds, just that we ought to not let our rational side run the whole show. In the passage we heard this morning, she describes her struggles as a thinking person to come back to faith and how she met those Benedictine monks who weren't nearly as worried about her doubts as she was. They seemed to believe that if I just coming, kept coming back to worship, kept coming home, things would eventually fall into place. I truly believe that we each have within us the ability to access a deeper wisdom than we often give ourselves credit for. It's like you have this built-in inner compass or GPS without that annoying voice, hopefully. Turn left, turn right. And if you can learn how to access that voice, how to get in touch with what it is trying to tell you, then you will find your way home. This is what good religion does. It helps us find our way. As Anne Lamott says, a path and a little light to see by. We are meant to live lives of connection and meaning 
meant to be in touch with the joys and the sorrows of being human, aware of the miracle of this moment and this day, aware that we are here right now while we are here living and breathing, and also aware of the truth that it's not always going to be that way, that one day each of us is going to die. And to rather than let that knowledge make us resigned and depressed, to let it give us purpose and joy. And this is what good religion should do, connect us with the cycles of life, help us to find our place in the family of things, and to see and be able to say that it is good. Our worship theme for this month is a free faith. And I hope that this month we will help you make your own search for what is good and true and help you dig a bit deeper into our UU tradition. The invitation of a free faith is to follow your longings and the spirit where they lead. And in the process to become more fully yourself, to make deeper connections with others and with that larger mystery, to make meaning from the stuff of your own life and find ways to help heal and bless our world. The way towards this free faith is by jumping in, engaging with practices that call to you, maybe even trying one that scares you a bit. Singing out in church, writing down your own prayers, trying meditation, spending time in silence. There are so many ways you can do this. Listen to a bit more from that essay by Kathleen Norris. She writes, I feel blessed to know from experience that it is in the act of worship, the act of saying and repeating the vocabulary of faith that one can come to claim it as ours. It is in acts of repetition that seem senseless to the rational mind that belief comes, doubts are put to rest, religious conversion takes hold, and one feels at home in a community of faith. And yet, it is not mindless at all. It is head working inseparably from heart, whole body religion. Let me say that again. It is not mindless at all. It is head working inseparably from heart, whole body religion. So often in our culture, we are encouraged to split things apart into these false dichotomies, to separate mind from body, to value thinking over feeling and light over shadow, 
The invitation is to live beyond these dualities, to see life more as a both and than as an either or, to break out of those boxes that sometimes our upbringing and sometimes authorities, particularly in the church, would force us into, and to celebrate the fact that our lives do not have to be so neatly and clearly delineated or explainable. In fact, it might be that when you find yourself unable to adequately describe or explain your unfolding spiritual life, that this is a sign that you are making progress. This church, this free and open faith tradition is here to hold open a space where you can become yourself without shame or fear. And the invitation is to pull things together that have been pulled apart, to use our heads and our hearts to engage our whole selves, to be in touch with those things we may have pushed away, to trust the wisdom of your own body and the longings of your own soul, to be open to that amazing grace which is so near to us, now and always. Amen. Thank you.